Do you ever find it a little weird how in a world that's so open about so many things, there's still a lot of mystery when it comes to money, how much people make and how much people are carrying in debt? Well, apparently Canadians are carrying a lot of household debt. In fact, we have the highest household debt level in the G7. We're going to talk about why and what we can maybe do about that with our guest, who is the CEO of the CD Howe Institute, Bill Robson. Bill, thanks so much for making the time. My pleasure to be on. It's too bad we're talking about debt, but it's the topic of the day or one topic. Yeah, I mean, and this is uh, this is kind of eye-opening to think that Canadians have the highest household debt in the G7. They, Bill, that's staggering. Well, yes, and it's not as though uh, uh, you know that's 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 stiff competition. The Americans like to borrow <laughs> as well, uh, and there's a lot of debt out there uh, in general. So uh, it is an eye opener, uh, and um, there are two. Well, uh, there are a number of ways of thinking about it. One is just uh, we we do seem to be kind of living for the moment, mm-hmm. and maybe there's a comment on on society more generally uh, from the point of view of uh, individual people who are wondering about their financial situation it doesn't seem like a great time to get uh, overextended we'll talk a little bit about this but uh, we're vulnerable to certain types of events and some of them are easy to imagine happening i think you i think you touched on part of it when you mentioned that this might just be an attitude that we have right now in society about living for the moment living for the experience uh, certainly that plays into it but what what else goes into making up these debt levels for canadians well, one of the very straightforward things is that interest rates were very low. Uh, and, um, you know, during the pandemic, we had interest rates here and in the other G7 countries that were at emergency levels because there was uh, so much fear of a, a deep recession. And there was all this demand for liquidity and central banks were pumping out money. And, and when that happens, the interest rates are very low. And so there was a lot of borrowing that happened. Uh, some of it was opportunistic in the sense that, you know, people who were wondering whether to renew had some flexibility, uh, decided to take advantage of it. And, and that's understandable and not such a big concern. Um, the bigger concern is that so many people, uh, you know, kind of got into the housing market for the first time uh, in this environment where inflation had been low for a long time, even pre-pandemic interest rates. They'd never you know, thought that interest rates could be uh, 5% or 8% or let alone 50 or 20%, which some older people will remember. And so that's the concern is that you had people responding, uh, you know, rationally in a sense, it was easy to borrow, it was cheap to borrow, uh, banks were quite eager to make the loans. Um, but at the same time, just not really being conscious enough of that bigger picture that the world was actually in a kind of unusual state. And it was a bit rash to assume it was going to be like that forever. Interest rates going up obviously plays into it and suggests that a lot of this, this debt that Canadians are carrying is wrapped up in their mortgage, but doesn't um, your mortgage stress test sort of help to mitigate you getting into a situation that you're going to be really um, overwhelmed by? Well, yes, uh, banks don't like to lend to people who they think are going to default. So aside from your own prudence, uh, you know, the bank is is looking out for that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, people do kind of move in, in response to what's going on around them. If other banks are growing their mortgage books, then, uh, you know, there's a bit of competitive pressure to make sure that you're not losing market share. And there are some very aggressive uh, non-bank lenders out there who are offering pretty good deals on mortgages. So, 
Um, in general, yeah, the point you make is a good one. And in fact, a lot of the standard measures uh, that people use right now uh, are, are not flashing red. There's a for, for listeners who want to get a layer deeper into this, the, the Bank of Canada publishes a financial system review. It's got a lot of interesting information. It's written in a fairly accessible way. And they do spend quite a bit of time looking at that. Over the next little while, uh, many of the mortgage renewals that are going to be coming up in any event were people who borrowed before those emergency low interest rates during the pandemic. So there won't be such a big shock for them. Uh, The bigger worry is as we get uh, out into 2024 and beyond, uh, then you're looking at people who did borrow at lower rates are going to be seeing their mortgages reset higher. That's a bit of a concern. And the other thing which has kind of slipped into the background lately, uh, but we've got to be uh, conscious that there's a high probability of a recession because when have central banks ever jammed the brain on like this and brought inflation down from you know eight percent to two percent over the course of a couple of years that really essentially doesn't happen without a recession we haven't seen it yet the economy's holding up pretty well but it's that ability to service the mortgage you know the interest payments are one thing but uh, if there's any serious prospect that people are losing their jobs uh, or taking pay cuts that's the real point of vulnerability on mortgages so it could be a vulnerability for a lot of Canadians. I want to clarify, and I wish you could give us an, like a rough estimate or a number of what is sort of the average debt that Canadians are carrying, but it's all circumstantial. We can break it down into what debt load people are carrying from, from which different systems. So how much of our debt is tied to our mortgage? Well, mortgages are the biggest thing, and in many circumstances, you'd say that they're the safest thing. You mentioned already uh, the the credit checks, the, the the circumstances that you know when you're when you're borrowing right. uh, for a house. Uh, people, I mean, the the, the banks l- looking at uh, the likelihood of you keeping your job. There are various types of things that that go on there. Uh, credit card debt's up a lot lately, and that's a that's a harder one to feel comfortable about uh, during the pandemic with all the support payments that were out there uh, uh, there was a lot of saving and and people got quite comfortable with that it, it seemed like quite a, a, a bright spot amid all the difficulty of covid and so on uh, but now we're seeing especially among uh, some of the people who've been taking out mortgages recently there's a higher level of credit card debt credit card debt's expensive um, that's harder to service and uh, y- you do tend to worry a little bit more when you see that uh, you also just because we're focusing on households here i uh, I, I do want to point out there's a lot of debt in other places as well. Uh, we've seen some vulnerability. We had some U.S. bank collapses. So in the financial system, there's a lot of leverage. And governments have been borrowing like crazy. So there's a lot of vulnerability in addition to households right now. And one of the reasons that I'd feel cautious as a household is not, uh, you know, if, I, if I'm wondering about whether to extend myself a little further or not, I can be quite comfortable about my own circumstances. I can feel like I've got a good handle on what's likely to happen to me. Um, but there are a lot of other things out there like the Silicon Valley Bank uh, collapse in the U.S. and their repercussions from that that took a lot of people by surprise and I often think when you're looking at the financial system it's a little bit like uh, uh, bear with me on this analogy we just had a holiday weekend Um, you know you get individual cars getting onto the road and each individual driver can be quite sensible and you can sort of understand their behavior and yet as the traffic builds all of a sudden traffic starts to behave differently you just had the traffic report and the 
financial system is a little bit like that. Sometimes that extra car on the road or one small accident can really propagate. So when I look at the amount of debt that's out there, I'm not looking only at households. I'm looking at how much debt governments have built up. Uh, small businesses now are under a fair amount of stress as well. Partly that's coming out of the pandemic. So there are a lot of things that have to go right for us to skate smoothly through this. And do you think that they will? I mean, is there is there good news? Because this takes us back to you know the, the headline of this research saying that Canada has the highest household debt level in the G7. So what do we do? Well, no, I do have one um, big concern that we haven't touched on yet, and that is that in Canada, we seem to be very fond of putting our saving into housing. Mm-hmm. Um, and houses are great, but we also need jobs. We need a dynamic private sector economy. We need productivity growth and investment in other things. Uh, business investment generally has been very weak in Canada. And that's a unique thing as well. If you compare us to the rest of the G7, we're also at the bottom of the list when it comes to how much new capital per worker we're installing um, in non-residential investment. So there's an imbalance there. Governments have tended to favor housing. Uh, They do various things to make it easier for us to buy houses. And the concern that I have over the longer term is that it's going to be tougher to maintain that housing stock, pay our debts and so on, uh, if we don't have more investment that's going to lead to well-paying jobs and, and higher living standards in the future. Now that I've said all that, my baseline expectation is not that gloomy. I'm impressed by how the uh, economy has held up. Uh, we've already seen inflation come down from over 8% to a bit more than 4%. Um, and uh, in the U.S. as well, the economy is proving surprisingly robust. Now, the concern people have is that maybe the central banks, the Fed, has to raise interest rates a bit more, and that creates a bit more stress. But my baseline expectation would be that we actually do have a relatively soft landing. I think there might be a couple of quarters of negative growth, you know, the typical definition of a recession. But I'm not looking for a disaster. Uh, The difficulty is, as I said already, there's an awful lot out there that can go wrong. Uh, And so it just makes sense to be cautious. You can have a positive, optimistic baseline, but you still want to have that little bit of extra room to maneuver, you know, in your own personal finances, a bit of extra saving to fall back on just in case that doesn't work out as well as I'm saying. Yeah, we put a lot of importance on having big homes that are styled nicely and filled with stuff. But uh, yeah, you got (laughs) to diversify a little bit beyond that as Canadians. Bill, thanks so much for making the time this afternoon. Really appreciate your chat. They they sure are filled with stuff. We should take that up (laughs) as a separate topic next time. My pleasure. Next time we chat. Take care, Bill. Bye-bye. Bill Robson is the CEO of the CD Howe Institute talking about Canada and our debt load here. We have the highest household debt level in the G7. Ouch.